Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be here, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written, that you may teach them. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and up the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Exodus 24. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The deliverance from bondage in Egypt was done. That now lay behind them. Instead, the wilderness lay before them. The exodusing Israel asks, Where is God now? Back in Egypt, there were some things you could be sure about. Meat pots and bread along with backbreaking labor and infanticide of their sons. But now, here, there is only the uncertain future and only the promise of a return to Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. Here, there was only God to rely upon. And the people asked, where is he now? And as it is with God, he is everywhere and nowhere. But that, that's not good. So, God located himself for them. With the bright cloud, he said, I am here with you and for you. With his words, he locates himself and with his name. The bright cloud is called the, his Shekinah and his glory. And so we heard that the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days and on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Or if you prefer, again today, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves and he was transfigured before them. Words and the cloud. And there is God. But his presence, as we sing in the psalm, is earth-shattering. Lightning flashes and thunders crash. Even the mountains melt like wax before him. As the people of Israel, the children, saw the mountain, they asked, who can survive? Because the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire. Or more precisely, the preacher of the Hebrews proclaims later, Serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews 12. So then Moses entered into the cloud, and no doubt the people thought that they'd never see him again. It's a devouring fire after all, but not so. The Lord there gave Moses the words he was to speak to the people of Israel. They were to have a tabernacle, and in that tent, the Ark of the Covenant with its mercy seat. And God promised that there, I will meet with you. Hence, the tabernacle being called the Tent of Meeting. Not that the people meet there, but the Lord meets with them, with his words. I will speak with you. That tent 
would be the location of the divine service for God's gift-giving for his people, for his spirit-gathering, congregating his people to hear him and receive from him. So while Moses was being given the words of the Lord in the cloud on the mountain, the people grew impatient. The people thought, Moses is gone, so we had better make our own arrangements, that is, our own gods, gods who will perform for us what we want. That's what an idol is, our attempt to locate God and to fix it there so that they work the way that we want them. Gods we make, though, are not stronger than we who make them. They can't see, and nor can we. They cannot hear, and nor can we. They cannot stand the strain of being God. They don't hold up to our prayers. And when they break, it breaks us who trust in them who make them. When the people then rebel against God to destroy him, it's not God who has destroyed. As we hear later, after they made that golden calf, the Lord sent a plague upon the people. To be dealt with by God means either life or death. The attempt to replace or to make him specific in the way we want treats him as an enemy. And so then he is. And then his wrath upon sin spells only death. But that's not his last word. And the good news is that those who were wandering in the wilderness, who wondered whether God still cared about them, whether he was even with them, he promises to locate himself for them in mercy. Already the bright cloud in every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. And again, I will be your God and you shall be my people, he promises. So in days of old, where the cloud, his name, his words, his tabernacle, there is he among them and for them. Calling and speaking to them, he makes them his people. His commitment, his covenant, sealed with blood, is what they eat and drink with the Lord on the mountain, all the elders. Maybe you didn't know that story, but that's the background for today's gospel. And now on the Mount of Transfiguration, the brightness is located in Jesus. Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. No wonder then Moses was there again, plus Elijah, the law and the prophets, that is the Old Testament and covenant. Words are exchanged between them. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me, Jesus says. So like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, Jesus shows those two how he is about to fulfill the word that they were given. So they speak of Jesus' exodus, of his death. All things which must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures, like the two on the road later. This is great, said Peter. He blurts out. And he wants to stay there. He thinks perhaps it's time to set up three tents. Why? Because last time Moses only had 40 days and 40 nights. Next thing, the only thing that needs to be added from last time, is a tent. 
so that we could stay there forever. Peter proposes three, but his idea, silly as it is, immediately is swallowed up by the cloud. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, in his body, is the only tent needed. And so from the cloud, that is from God, comes the words that identify that the tent is already there. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So, this time, God's words are not by way of Moses, but by way of his own Son, identified with words from Isaiah as the suffering servant, which is what he explains to Moses and Elijah. But all of this is really too much, especially for the three, Peter, James, and John. The truth that that glory cloud now dwells in the person of Jesus is overwhelming. And so the disciples' faces fall to the ground. They have nothing more to say, no more silly ideas. But on the ground, Jesus comes to them and lifts them. And we understand why three-tenths was not right. Now is only Jesus. Moses and Elijah testify of him. So Jesus draws them to himself and with him down the mountain and then on to the next one. There the words from the cloud are finally fulfilled. The words of his baptism. Truly, this was the Son of God. Today is the last Sunday of Epiphany and with the upcoming Gesma Sundays and then the Lenten fast, we begin moving on with him from the Mount of Transfiguration finally to the next one, Mount Golgotha. And there actually is the final glory. As John writes of Jesus, now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. There the final deliverance is done, the last exodus, the deliverance from sin, death, and devil. To which Jesus says, as he cries out with his last breath, it is finished. It's finished, but where is he now? Well, he continues to tent among us, his delivered and redeemed people here in this tent of meeting, his, wo- his words and the water with his name, in the bread and wine of his body and blood, the blood of the covenant just like in days of old. And there are twelve again, this time twelve apostles. The Lord has his Israel, his apostolic church, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins with my blood. So we eat and drink with God like they did on the mountain and are not destroyed. So we proclaim his death and our death to sin once and for all. There's no need for more sacrifices in the old tent now that the sacrifice has been made in the temple of his body, destroyed and risen again. That means that this place is more glorious than Mount Sinai or the Mount of Transfiguration because this place, by Jesus being here with us with his word and gifts, is the Mount Zion of his dwelling and his glory now shines upon you. Thanks be to Jesus in his holy name. Amen.
We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.